You are listening to the sermon podcast of Nielsville Presbyterian Church, a Christ-centered church in Germantown, Maryland. To learn more about Nielsville, visit us online at nielsville.org. Good morning, church. I'm here to read a passage in the Bible from the Creole language, which is from Africa. The passage is going to be taken from Matthew 5, chapter 1 to 12. Matthew 5, 1 to 12. When Jesus see all the people them, where they fall around, he go pant up one mountain or hill. When he see them, in learning boy them, can't get around them. Now they, Jesus talked to them, he say, then one way above pan God, get blessing, because God, they rule them. Then one way they cry, get blessing, because God go make them gladdy. Then one way puts them yai dung, Get blessing because then go get waiting God promise. Then one way want for do. All waiting God wants pass anything. Get blessing because God go make the able for do that. Then one way they sorry for other people. Get blessing because in safe go sorry for them that day where he go come for judge mortal man. Then one way they make peace for people, get blessing because God go make them be in picking them. Then one way people they make suffer for where then they do waiting God wants, get blessing. Because their day go gladly when God they rule them. Una get blessing where God, Una get blessing where people cost Unu, where they make Unu suffer and talk bad thing but Unu, where not to true for me sake. Unu for gladly bad because. God keep good thing for Ununa heaven. Now so, people be make them profit. We been there before Unu suffer. Amen? Amen? Thank you, Jane. Appreciate it. Um, when Jesus descended from the mount after giving the great sermon, he went on to perform yet another miracle, that of a very sick man. And for that, I'll read from Matthew chapter 8, verses 5 to 13. When he entered Capernaum, a centurion came forward to him appealing to him, Lord, 
My servant is lying paralyzed at home, suffering terribly. And he said to him, I will come and heal him. But the centurion replied, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come under my roof, but only, only say the word and my servant will be healed. For I too am a man under authority, with soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to those who followed him, truly I tell you, with no one in Israel, I have found such faith. And I tell you, many will come from east and west and recline at the table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. While the sons of the kingdom will be thrown into outer darkness, in that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And to the centurion, Jesus said, Go, let it be done for you, as you have believed. And the servant was healed at that very moment. Uh, before I leave, I have a little announcement to make. I am from Pakistan, for those who don't know me. As of this morning, I've been officially declared a Westerner, because I'm not wearing the attire, and <laughs> by Pastor Pete. Thank you very much. Thank you, Arun, and thank you, Jane. Last week, Pastor Derek began our new series in the book of Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, titled The Promised King. Matthew 7, 28 to 29, the crowds were astonished at Jesus' teaching, for he taught as one who had authority. If we were standing there, we'd want to say, you ain't seen nothing yet. The promised king. The king not only of Israel, but the king of nations, the promised Messiah, had come. And all of the Gospel of Matthew and our whole series through the Gospel of Matthew will show and see, we will see this reality. So following the most famous sermon in the mount, on the mount, he came down the mountain. Thank you so much, Jane, for sharing the Beatitudes. Comes down the mountain, and in chapter 8, he begins to give proof that he truly is the one who has authority. With miracle after miracle after miracle. No less than five miraculous happenings in the gospel chapter of eight. Proof that he truly is the son of God. How great is the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now already in, God, in the Gospel of Matthew, for those of you who have studied it, I know our men's group and the ladies' group are both studying the Gospel of Matthew, we've seen that Jesus is a king, not only of one little strip of land uh, in the near Middle East, but of the world and indeed the universe. And that has been shown from the very beginning in chapter 1, where we see the genealogy of Jesus. And in his genealogy, that, that's his ancestry line, we have Rahab. We have Ruth, both foreigners. We have then, following that, uh, the wise men from where? 
Maybe Pakistan. That's right. That's exactly right. That's why Arun told me to say that the wise men were from Pakistan. Well, they're from the east. These are all foreigners who are putting their faith in the Lord our God, Yahweh. Just imagine the nationalism in Israel and the race. This is our God for our people. But he's a blessing through Abraham to all the nations. And we see that here. And now most profoundly, so surprisingly, through the unlikeliest of places, an Italian. Yes. He's a centurion from Rome. So he's got to be Italian, right? Mi familia. Yes. And he's a soldier. And what a great uh, timing of this uh, message that uh, we are celebrating Veterans Day uh, as a weekend, which is rightly to celebrate the whole weekend. Did any of you get mail on Friday? So it's a three-day weekend of celebration. Uh, we celebrate, where's Steve Eschels? We celebrated the Marine Corps uh, anniversary. Where are you, Steve? You're around here. He's probably watching the perimeter, but he's somewhere. And this foreigner, commander from an occupying force, a centurion, meaning he oversees how many soldiers? A hundred, that's right. In Judea, in this occupied place, and we see in the Gospel of Matthew, written, guys from men's group, who, who are, who's the primary audience? Bob? That's right, exactly, a Jewish audience. And we see here that he is as welcome into the kingdom of God as any Israelite. What matters for entry into the kingdom is not your ethnic group or your tribe or your nationality or how long you've been a citizen. It is the matter of one's faith in Jesus Christ. And this man has some measure of faith in the Lord Jesus. Now, he's a military man, and I have military uh, background family members who are veterans, my sister-in-law, uh, my, my father, Cheryl's father, grand, grandparents, and even my brother. And I say it like that, even my brother, because I want to tell you a little story. My brother, uh, Chris, went to medical school. Medical school is not inexpensive, right? And so he joined the Army to serve our nation uh, as a second lieutenant and to help pay for medical school and all of his expenses. And I remember helping my brother put together his uniform the night before he was supposed to uh, go into the Presidio in San Francisco and, and meet his commanding officer. And we were both Boy Scouts, so we sort of know how to put together a uniform, right? It can't be that hard. Have you ever had a blank green uniform? Uh, you, you know, Kevin, you know what this is like. A, a uniform, and you've got to get those medals just right and all those pins. And I'm pinning onto my brother's lapel... The, the, the medal for being a second lieutenant, and he has never come close to any, the closest my brother had ever come to the military was watching um, Stripes with Bill Murray. That's as close as my brother knew about being in the military. So he got dressed, drives to the Presidio, gets out of his car, and, and what happens when a, uh, an officer walks by enlisted men and women? A sharp salute. My brother was hiding from place to place. If he hears this message, he's, he's going to kill me. But he was going from tree to tree because he wasn't sure 
okay, he couldn't determine quickly enough whether he was supposed to salute or if they were supposed to salute. He made it to his commanding officer's office, knocks the door, come on in! He says, I'm like Steve Eschultz. And my brother came in with a nice big handshake, hello, sir, I'm Pete Del uh, Christopher Della Santina, reporting for duty. The arm stretched out. And Kevin, what do you think the reaction was of his commanding officer? What? Probably not, not, probably not too positive about that. If you're in the military, you understand chain of command. You recognize authority. This centurion, who had authority over 100 soldiers in an occupied, very dangerous, there's insurrection, there's house-to-house -house issues, all of that, he comes forward to Jesus. Why? Because he recognizes his authority. Jesus didn't have any lapels. He didn't have any medals. But the centurion knows he has power. And then secondly, he comes forward and he appeals on behalf not of himself. He doesn't say, uh, sir, will you help me? He says, will you help my servant? Very likely a slave which we can get into a, for another message of what that understanding of, in Scripture of slavery and the understanding of bondservants and slaves. But this, this man comes forward on behalf of his servant or slave. Very likely uh, a, maybe a transplant, a, a, a treasure from some other campaign. But he comes forward seeking help because, quote, he's paralyzed at home and suffering terribly. So we see a degree of compassion that he has. Men and women that have served in the military understand uh, that delay could be disastrous. When you're waiting for orders, you're waiting for directions, a delay in that order can be disastrous. And so he comes immediately to Jesus. And thirdly, he says he is not worthy. He is not worthy to be in his presence. What does he call him? Does he call him rabbi? Like so many others would call Jesus a rabbi? What's the word? What's it say? Lord. The centurion humbles himself. This foreigner humbles himself before a carpenter's son. And then lastly and most profoundly, when Jesus says, yes, I am willing, I will come. He's just healed a, a leper of his disease. Now he has this confrontation with uh, this moment before the centurion. And the man says, oh no, 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 no. Only say the word. He understands his power. He understands and sees not only the authority, but the power of Jesus even in his word to command this disease to leave his servant. And Jesus' reaction, Matthew writes, he marveled. He marveled. No one in Israel, in all the brief beginnings of his ministry, even back all the way to the time when he uh, was in the synagogue as a, as a boy and, and teaching there and, and surprising and astonishing uh, the scribes and the rabbis. But he says, I have not seen anyone in all of Israel that has a faith like I see in this foreigner, outsider, who's labeled as one who would never, ever be welcomed in. He understood, though, 
what most Jews did not. Jesus is the long-awaited Messiah King. And so then Jesus then gives his disciples, remember he turns to the disciples and he gives them a glimpse of what's to come, of the kingdom to come, a place of peoples of all nations to come and worship, that they will join the patriarchs in reclining at the Lord's table. What an incredible image as we're about to celebrate uh, this wonderful meal from foods from around the world. And we can sense in this room of worship and in, in the space that we're about to have for fellowship, a foretaste of what that will be like. Imagine all the, the foods and the languages and the ways and the customs that we're going to celebrate. You know, there's going to be, as a side note, there's going to be a raffle for adults and the winning raffle ticket. You know what the, the prize is? Steve, do you know what the prize is? It's a gift card to no, none other than the world-famous IHOP. Isn't that great? International House of Pancakes. I love it. People who respond by faith will join the patriarchs at the great banquet table of the king. The rest will lose their claim on the kingdom. And Jesus has a sober warning. Weeping and gnashing of teeth. Unspeakable suffering that puts the suffering of that servant in his bed by scale, it pales by comparison to what Jesus is warning those who would not turn to him by faith. So my question for us briefly this morning is, what does it mean to have faith like this centurion? What does it mean to have faith like this foreigner, this outsider with his different customs and his different ways? Faith is not a general religious attitude. Faith is not, well, yes, I, I, I belong to that church and that's my faith and that's how I vote and that's what I think and that's what my family is. We've had enough of that kind of faith. That general religiousness, that's not the kind of faith that Jesus wants. He's looking for faith with specific recognition to himself. To believe Christ's power and willingness to help and to make practical use of our faith. Practical use of our faith is marvelous and it is rare. Pastor Derek preached about the, the leper who was healed. He had enough faith to say, I hope God will help. But this centurion had enough faith to say, I know God can help. Which are you more like? Are you more like one that says, well, I, I hope God will help. Maybe, maybe I'll put prayer in the prayer request. I, I, I hope. Don't we all want to have faith that knows? We know God will help. We know God has an ultimate purpose and plan working out in all things, even despite our suffering and our pain and our the mystery that we're grasping for answers, but we know he is faithful. I want you to have and experience faith like that. It's not blind faith. It is faith based on reality. It's faith based on what's really real, not all the den of noise, not all the pundits. It's based on fact coming from a source of authority. So what does it mean to recognize and submit to that type of authority? 
specifically the authority of Jesus. Four points. Number one, and then we're done. Lord, recognize his authority. When you open the pages of Scripture, and every page points to Jesus, recognize the authority of God's Word in your life over world events. The Word of God does not change. Our world changes, but His promises stand forever. Recognize His authority. Claim His authority. Number two, it is to come to Him in prayer. Seeking his help in need. So be specific in your prayer. Steve and I, were Steve? We were praying before Steve. Steve disappeared. He's out there. Oh, he's waving. That's a, stay there, Steve. I'm, so, I'm talking still. It's not your turn yet. But I'm looking at you. I said to him today, I want to pray for you. I want to be specific in my prayer. Be specific. Sometimes we think, well, someone's so spiritual. Why? Because they prayed for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. And yes, we're to be persistent in prayer, but there's almost a sense of, I'm not sure if this is getting through to you, God, so I'm going to just keep repeating myself. The Lord already knows what you need. So be clear and to the point. Come to him in prayer. Number three, this type of of recognition and submission is to humble yourself before the Lord. So forgive me for getting kind of fired up. I'm here in the pulpit kind of fired up. I don't wear a suit every day, just so you know. Dare I, dare I don't wear this, you know. I usually wear tails to, to dinner. I am a sinner saved by grace, just like you. I, I'm a slob at home sometimes. I want to eat potato chips and hang out. I'm reminded that I am but a humble servant to this church. And so are the rest of us. And sometimes circumstances in life humble us. Sometimes the people around us that we love and trust the most help to blind spot us or remind us we're not all that. When we come to the Lord and we see how great he is, it puts everything in perspective. So humble yourself before the Lord. And finally and lastly, take him at his word. Take him at his word. I'm going to say a brief prayer I know the choir has a beautiful anthem. I know the food, the celebration is about to begin. So let's go to pray and to continue in worship with our choir. Oh God, we want to have faith like this centurion. Some of us have no faith at all. We're coming here for the first time hearing this message. And so, oh Lord, I pray that you would speak a word of, of, of what's really real right now. And the call to confess our sins, to repent, to change direction. Only you can do that work in us, Lord. We know there's something missing. There's something diseased and polluted in us. It's like that terrible pollution in, in New Delhi that we need fresh wind to blow it away. Bring that to us, oh God. For some of us that are, whose faith is shaking right now, we don't see you at work. Oh God, will you please hear our prayer? and answer with the authority and the power only you can measure out. And we love you today. In Jesus' name, amen.